Thanks, Chandra. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Jeremy, one of the pastors here at Village. Uh, as Sam was saying, we're just doing a little holiday sermon series uh, on uh, wisdom and weakness. Last week, uh, Ross showed us how um, the wisdom of weakness, the way that God actually uses our weakness to show his power. Uh, this week is wisdom in weakness, uh, the, the wisdom that the gospel gives us in our weakness and uh, particularly the weakness of anxiety and as Sam said it, it is as um, part of a lead-in to the Village Academy on mental health coming up so I'll also mention a bit about that. My number is going to be up on the screen so if you want to um, text through any questions or comments uh, during the sermon hopefully we'll get some time to, uh, to have a look at them uh, at the end of the service uh, and I'm going to pray that God would help us as we look at this part of his word so let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together in your word this evening. Uh, please calm our hearts and minds for your word so that we can hear it. Please calm our hearts and minds by your word as we hear the good things you have done for us in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, what is it like to experience serious anxiety. Uh, one in six Aussies today uh, actually have an anxiety diagnosis and then obviously uh, the number of Aussies who experience serious anxiety without a diagnosis is going to be much higher than that. And Christians aren't immune. I want to tell you about uh, the experience of five uh, these are real Christians I know, but I've changed the names. So first, Leanne. She's a busy woman, works full-time, mum to three teenagers, manages the family schedules, meals, cleaning, bills, dramas. Now, Leanne's always actually had a, a high level of anxiety that, that medication has helped to keep uh, under, the, under control most of the time. But sometimes she is still just overwhelmed. Like, how can I possibly manage everything? And what's going to happen to me and my kids if I don't? Phil's a leading member of his church, but lately he's getting really anxious at the thought of being around people, uh, particularly meeting new people. He knows the value of community, but increasingly he feels the need to be on his own. Charlotte was abused when she was younger. Now she's safely out of that danger now, but sometimes just the, the smallest thing can remind her, put her back uh, mentally into that scenario, and, and she panics. She often actually avoids uh, people for fear of having a panic attack in public. Emma is desperate for connection, can't stand the thought of being single forever, and she's started to worry that the reason she can't meet someone and find someone is that she is unattractive, and now she's eating far less than she should. Jeremy just got his first job as a software developer. It took so long to land one uh, because he didn't have any experience, but already his companies started talking about redundancies soon. 
Uh, he doesn't know what he'll do if he loses this job, works late to make a good impression, even misses the Bible study group he is meant to be leading, can't sleep properly at night, just so anxious about what will happen. Actually, that Jeremy was me a long time ago. And these are just a few kinds of anxiety I've seen in Christians over the years. Maybe you've seen it in others. Maybe you've felt it yourself. Yet here, the Apostle Paul boldly declares, Rejoice in the Lord always. In case you missed it, he says it again, rejoice. And furthermore, do not be anxious about anything. Now, some Christians take this to mean that we should never have anxiety at all. I mean, isn't that what Paul says? But I think that misunderstands what Paul's saying because the mere fact he feels the need to say this uh, repeatedly, actually, to the Christians in Philippi, it presumes they aren't rejoicing. They are anxious. And actually, it makes sense why. See, Paul is the one who first preached Christ in Philippi, but now... The Roman authorities have arrested him. Uh, Paul is in chains uh, for preaching Christ. He's writing to the Philippians from prison. And the obvious question is, what does that mean for the Christians in Philippi? Are they next? Will the Roman Empire turn on them too? The situation is so tense, it's apparently sparked conflict between two leading women in the church, Euodia and Syntyche. Maybe they disagree on, on what's the best response to this new danger. Probably, whatever they disagree on, the anxiety shows itself in anger towards each other. And this anxiety about the future, about what will happen, actually has a lot in common with the anxiety a lot of us feel today. What Paul says here in Philippians does speak to anxiety about the future, about what is going to happen. But it is also important to see there's other kinds of anxiety he's actually not speaking to here. Uh, some forms of, of social anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, just a general feeling of anxiety where you're in fight or flight but you don't know why. That's actually not what he's talking about here. The main reason we do Village Academy uh, at Village Church is, is so we can go more in depth on topics than we can here in church. And the one coming up on mental health actually does give us a chance to explore different kinds of mental challenges and, and the different causes that different mental challenges can have. We can't really go into it now, but at Academy, we're going to explore how most of our mental health challenges actually have complex causes, not just one simple cause. Uh, they can be partly biological, genes, hormones, brain chemistry. They can be partly psychological, uh, learned uh, patterns of thinking, they can be partly social in our relationships with people, and they can be partly spiritual in our relationship with God. Uh, 
As a result, most of our mental health challenges are best addressed through all these perspectives, not just one by itself. So it would actually be wrong to take what Paul says here in Philippians and think that that is like the magic cure for all anxiety. But just as mistaken would be trying to tackle anxiety, particularly anxiety about the future, without taking in what Paul says here. Because here Paul shows us how the gospel, the good news about Jesus, really can address the spiritual dimension of our anxiety. It can help our anxiety about the future as we realise Jesus gives us a new identity, a new destiny, and a new relationship. That's how Paul uh, helps the Philippians in their anxiety about what is going to happen. And hopefully, it can help ours as well. So first, it can help our anxiety to realise our new identity. Now, not all our anxiety, but lots of it, is often bound up with our identity, our image of ourselves, what we're actually proud of about ourselves. Anxiety is so much worse when that is under threat. It's like if I'm worried I'll lose my job, that is so much worse if being successful at my job is part of my identity. Uh, if I'm worried I can't manage everything for the family, that's so much worse if, if being the parent who has it all together is part of my identity. And uh, that's certainly the case for the Christians in Philippi. See, Philippi was no ordinary city in Greece. Uh, when the Romans conquered the world, or the, the known world at that time, they actually made Philippi a Roman colony. A bit like Chinatown uh, in the valley, uh, Philippi was Romatown in Greece. So unlike everyone else around them, if you, if you lived in Philippi, you weren't a conquered subject of the Roman Empire. You were a proud citizen of the Roman Empire. And here's, here's the difference it makes. If you are worried about being arrested by the Roman Empire like the Philippians were, that is so much worse if Roman citizenship is a big part of your identity. So in kindness, Paul shows the Philippians that's actually not your real identity anymore. In Jesus, you have a new identity, and this new identity, it will never be under threat. Paul uses himself as an example. Early in chapter 3, he actually lists out like, his own resume of what he's proud of as an Israelite. And he says that is not his identity anymore. He considers that old identity as loss. He considers it even dung compared to the value of knowing Christ and being found in him. When you trust in Christ, you are in Christ. His status, his value is your status, your value. And in the same way, he says to the Philippians, citizens of Rome, that's not what you should be proud of. That's not what you should be afraid of losing. You're in Christ. You are citizens of heaven. 
so much greater and no one can take that from you. I mean, if you're afraid of losing your status in the Roman Empire, it could help to remember you have a much greater status with Christ in heaven. If you're afraid of losing your status at work or, or as a parent or in relationships, it can help to remember you do have a much greater status in Christ. Back when I was starting in software and afraid of losing my job, Actually, identity was part of that for me. I'd been embarrassed that it it took me longer to find a job than many of my friends. Uh, I did not want to look like a failure by losing this first job quickly. And that made it so much worse. First round of redundancies come and, and I actually survive. My boss, Michelle, can tell I'm relieved and she's like, oh, Jeremy, you weren't worried, were you? They'd never sack you. I'm thinking, yep, the hard work's paid off. I've been noticed. She's like, yeah, the whole point is to save money. What do we pay you grads? Like, hardly anything at all. (laughs) They were always going to keep you on as cheap labour. See, I was trying to build an identity as a successful worker, and because that identity was under threat, I was really anxious. Turns out I just needed to embrace my true identity as the cheapest worker, (laughs) which was apparently never under threat. Now, obviously, not everyone wants that identity of cheapest worker. But Jesus gives you a new identity you should want. In Christ, you actually have all the status, all the value of God's own son himself. When you're anxious about the future, it's good to ask, is this partly because my identity is in something other than Christ? Now, that might not be it for you, but if it is, that is going to make it worse. And you will find real assurance by recalling that your true identity, true value, true status, no matter what happens to you now, You are a citizen of heaven in Christ. But maybe your anxiety has nothing to do with your identity. Maybe uh, you're just anxious about the bad thing you're sure is going to happen. Uh, Like for the Philippians, getting arrested in prison would be terrifying whether it involved their identity or not, wouldn't it? In which case, it can help to know that Jesus doesn't just give you a new identity, he also gives you a new destiny. Paul says, no matter what happens to you in this life, Jesus gives you eternal life with him. So we're we're talking now about anxiety about the future, what will happen, and Paul says this is what ultimately will happen. You will be raised from death like Jesus. Now that might sound like pie in the sky when you die, but but notice Paul says what guarantees your resurrection. It's the exact same resurrection as Jesus, which has already happened. So nothing that happens now could ever undo that or threaten that. 
There is apparently a real movie released in cinemas 2020 called Assassin 33 AD. Its premise is interesting. Islamic terrorists travel back in time to try and assassinate Jesus before he can die on the cross and rise again to, to give us new life. Luckily, some Americans find out. <laughs> Thank God for Americans, eh? They too travel back in time to foil this dastardly terrorist plot. Now, obviously, this raises heaps of questions. Theologically, what would happen if Jesus was, I don't know, gunned down before he got to the cross? Would that change anything? Scientifically, would that even alter our timeline or would it spawn off a new timeline in the multiverse? You Marvel fans, I know that's what you were thinking. Culturally, what happened to America that they'd make a movie like this? <laughs> but as ridiculous as this movie premise is, that's how ridiculous it is that your destiny with Jesus could, could somehow be undone. Someone would have to go back in time and somehow stop Jesus dying for your sins and rising to give you new life. That actually can't be undone because he's already done it. Your ultimate future with Jesus is safe and secure. There is, of course, a lot of life still to navigate between now and then. Um, but what Paul's saying is that your guaranteed resurrection with Jesus should give you a joy that never goes away. So I've actually seen this uh, in a friend's life in the opposite way. A friend Joe in his 80s, he told me once how he'd actually always been sad since his wife died at 60. Not that he was never happy again, not that he ne never experienced any happy times, but even when he was happy, there was still this underlying sadness. Well, in the same way, but opposite, Paul says your guaranteed resurrection should give you a deep down joy always. Not that you'll never feel anxious again, not that you'll never feel sad again, but but through your hard times, through your dark times, you still have this underlying joy because you know where you're headed with Jesus. It is a joy to know that new destiny. I guess the thing for a lot of us is that um, the resurrection of Jesus like 2,000 years ago can often feel quite distant. If you think about it, it probably felt quite distant to the Philippians, even though this is all happening only 20 years after Jesus rose from the dead, because they're like, well, yeah, that was 20 years ago, and we're suffering now. So Paul reminds them that in Jesus, they also have a new relationship, a new relationship with God, where they can talk to him as their father any time at all. You might think, 
that the point of prayer when you're anxious is you, you ask God to take away what you're anxious about and then he answers that prayer and, and then you're not anxious anymore. But notice that's not what Paul says. He says the prayer, point of prayer in every anxious situation is actually the effect on you, the prayer. He says, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, lots of places elsewhere, Paul makes clear that our prayers do actually affect the world outside us, the world around us. But right here in Philippians, he's concerned with its effect inside you as you pray. And notice that the particular kind of prayer which does this, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, is, is giving thanks what you feel like when you're seriously anxious? Uh, what are you meant to give thanks for when you're seriously anxious? Well, that's what Paul's been talking about the whole time. We can always give thanks for the same person we can always rejoice in, the Lord Jesus himself. That's why praying with thanks will guard your hearts and minds, see at the end there, in Christ Jesus. See, see this is what it does when, when you pray with thanks for Jesus in every anxious time. It actually reminds you, yes, I do have real problems, they're, they're close and they're serious and I do want help with them, but also all my greatest needs have already been met in Jesus. And it reminds you of the kind of God you're praying to, the God who shows his love for you, not in, in the bad things that are happening now or may happen in, in your anxiety, he shows his love for you in sending his son Jesus to die in your place. The God whose love for you and desire to have peace with you, Paul says, surpasses all understanding. That's, that's the God you get to connect with in prayer at any time. That's the new relationship you have with God and prayer with thanks for Jesus reassures you of that relationship in your heart. Years ago, there was a government health campaign, uh, Swap It, Don't Stop It. The idea was, like, you can't just stop eating unhealthy food. You've, you've got to eat something, right? So what, what do you do? You can't just stop. You need to swap. You, you, you've got to swap um, fried for fresh. You've got to swap uh, chips for salad. I don't know, I'm not really into veggies myself, but I, the idea of swap it, don't stop it is actually helpful here, I think. It's kind of what Paul's saying. Because you can't just stop being anxious. You have to swap it. And Paul's saying swap it for prayer to your loving Heavenly Father with thanks for Jesus. That's what will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus with the peace of God which surpasses understanding. That's the new relationship we, you have with God and prayer 
is a way you, you get to feel that now. Not just 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead, not just at the end when you were raised with him, but right here and now. Of course, some um, Village Academy coming up soon uh, will let us explore care for mental health much more broadly and more deeply. Obviously, there's other mental health challenges beyond anxiety. Obviously, there's other forms of anxiety beyond fear of the future. Um, there's other dimensions of care for ourselves and, and others beyond the spiritual. And even our, our spiritual care will go into much more how we can do that, uh, not just one-to-one, -one, but actually as a whole church family. There's, there's a lot more that we'll go into, but for anxiety about the future, the good news about Jesus does actually provide something powerful. Like Phil, in his social anxiety, what if he knew it really didn't matter what people think of him because in Christ he is a perfect success and that's his new identity. Uh, Leanne, the, the, the busy mum, what, what if she knew that her destiny and, and her kids' destiny in the end was already completely safe and secure in Christ? It did not depend on her keeping all the wheels on at home. Emma, uh, desperate for connection, what if she knew that she would actually be okay without a partner because God's love for her in Christ surpasses understanding and, and she, she can talk to him at any time at all. Could it help you to know that? I'm going to pray that it would. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you know that in this world broken by sin and death, there is actually a lot for us to be anxious about. Yet, Father, help us to remember that it is not us who saves ourselves. It is not us who fixes this world. It is you. Help us to have the joy of knowing that actually you've already guaranteed that in the death and resurrection of your son Jesus for us. And Father, I pray that um, we would be able to bring our anxieties to you and that we would know the peace of you that surpasses understanding in our hearts and minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to respond by singing together now and then... Do Q&A after that.